The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. We will come across people in life who will push back even if we use an empowered refusal. You know, they are the pushy askers who want their way. And no matter what, they're not interested so much in you voicing your values or speaking from your a point, a place of empowerment and identity. It's about getting stuff done and they want it. They just want you to do it. Spotting the pushy asker then having a, a set of strategies to deal with them is quite important. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kavna. It's Friday and the grand finale of my series of chats with Vanessa Patrick, author of The Power of Saying No. If you missed the previous episodes, you can find them in your podcast feed or by downloading our Next Big Idea app. If you have been listening, you know that Vanessa has been educating us on how and why we should be saying no more often, rejecting those high effort, low impact requests that really aren't our responsibility or don't make use of our special talents. By saying no to those requests, we can save our energy and time for those things that we really do want to do and that can make a hugely positive impact on the world. Vanessa calls this technique empowered refusal, and it can be life-changing, but it takes practice, especially when you're dealing with those people who just keep asking, those people who just won't take no for an answer. How to say no to pushy askers. Sometimes, even though you have mastered the art of empowered refusal, you might come across people who will not take no for an answer. How do you spot these pushy askers? And how do you stand your ground using empowered refusal? Learn to spot how pushy askers operate. First, they prefer to make a face-to-face request, since people are 33 times more likely to say yes to face-to-face requests. Second, they will choose a location where they have a home court advantage, like their own home or office or at a restaurant where they are footing the bill. Finally, they will insist on an immediate response. Recognizing pushy askers and making it your personal policy to never say yes in the heat of the moment gives you the opportunity to say an empowered no to the things you don't want to do. The beauty of empowered refusal is that since it is based on your identity, you are better able to withstand the external pressure and stay steadfast and strong. You can also rely on strategies that put a distance between you and the pushy asker. Let me share one specific practical strategy. Use technology as a buffer. It is easier to restate your no and invoke your personal policy via email or text messages. You can also use a thumbs-down emoji or a no emoji to visually reinforce your no response. What is important for us to remember when dealing with pushy askers is that it is our responsibility to protect our time, focus on our top priorities, and use the power of saying no to reach our goals at work and at home. My research shows that empowered refusal is a unique, 
positive and meaning-filled way to manage your time, energy, and ambition and allows you to make a lasting positive change in your life. First of all, I want to endorse your policy of never saying yes in the heat of the moment. I mean, I use this a lot. One of my favorite things to say is, can I think about it? Or, you know, give me an hour or a day. Um, because just creating a little bit of space, as you say, this this is, you can use that space to really reflect on, is this a good use of my time? What's important to me here? And how can I do this graciously? So, so sometimes we just need a moment. Absolutely. And those are exactly the right questions to be asking, because in the heat of the moment, we are really focused on pleasing the person asking us. And that means saying yes. Mm -hmm. When we take the time to reflect, then we ask more meaningful questions. Mm -hmm. And so taking that time is definitely a first and important step. Mm -hmm. I wonder, again, if there's a way to make it a policy, like I can imagine saying, I don't respond to requests right away, or it's my policy to always take some time before saying yes to something. Uh, I don't know a nice way to say it, but but just to make clear that that you don't want to be pushed into a quick response. Right. And so sometimes uh, we need, even if people are not pushing, we volunteer that yes. And so having a visual reminder to be able to remind yourself. So for example, in my office, I had a visual reminder, a book uh, that whose title was, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Mm -hmm. And that book was in my line of sight. I never, ever said yes in the moment because there was a visual reminder that reminded mm. me. So now that book is replaced by my own book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a good reminder too. It's like, you know, to, to remember that as much as I'm tempted to wrap this conversation up and say yes and get it over with, if I say yes, now I have taken the responsibility to get that work done. Yeah. And so I need to take the time. Yeah. But the thing I think related to this last insight is that we will come across people in life who will push back mm -hmm. even if we use an empowered refusal. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the pushy askers who want their way. And no matter what, they're not interested so much in you voicing your values or speaking from your a point, mm -hmm. a place of empowerment and identity it's about getting stuff yeah, done they just want you to do what they want it. they just want you to do it spotting the pushy asker then having a, a set of strategies to deal with them is quite important so in my book i call pushy askers walnut trees so the North American walnut tree, black walnut tree, is this huge tree that's enormous. It has this glorious canopy and it dominates the landscape and it has a root system that goes out like 50 feet. But what it does is that it exudes into the soil a toxin called juglone. Mm -hmm. So while the walnut tree thrives and absorbs all the nutrients from the soil, it stunts the growth of all the other trees mm -hmm. around it. And so walnut trees are all about themselves and what they want. And so, you know, spotting a walnut tree is important. Walnut trees are most likely to ask you in a face-to-face -face context. They're going to make a face-to-face -face request mm -hmm. because we are 34 times more likely to say yes to face-to-face -face requests. Okay. They know that, so they will make sure to ask us stuff face-to-face. -face. They will also insist on an immediate response. It's a way of forcing you into 
saying yes. They are also very good at creating uh, what I call the home court advantage, mm. which is essentially setting themselves up in a more powerful position in the moment. You know, they might take you for lunch and foot the bill, which makes you feel guilty for saying no mm -hmm. if they ask you something. Mm -hmm. And so recognize recognizing walnut tree-like behavior is the first step to dealing with a pushy ask. Mm -hmm. And then we need to figure out, like, how do we communicate our no to them, even though they are consistently giving us pushback? Mm -hmm. One is to hold your ground, you know, invoke a personal policy, repeat the personal policy, stand your ground and keep saying no. That's hard mm -hmm. for most people mm -hmm. to continue to say, I said no, I said right. no. You asked me five times, I'm still saying no. It's hard. Uh, one other strategy is to kind of create distance between you and the walnut tree. The further away you get away from the shade of the walnut tree, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. So one of the things to do perhaps is to stop having those face-to-face -face conversations. Mm -hmm. Take it to email or text. As soon as you convert that conversation to a digitally mediated conversation, you are going to be more effective. Now why is that? In being able to communicate. Why do you it's think? Just, you're, just, you're just inserting technology in the middle of the two of you and so you're less likely to feel that sense of um, pressure power yeah. from the walnut tree yeah. right and if this is a particularly charismatic person maybe it, when uh -huh. you're face to face they might convince you when you're writing an email you have control yeah. you know it's yes. a little bit more measured and it's conversation. also kind of there's a lag yes. so you don't have to respond immediately you can take a time to craft the email yes. things like you that you can be very clear and make yeah. sure your word choices is what you want it to be as opposed yes. to the give and take of conversation where maybe you just even accidentally end up agreeing to something that you didn't mean to. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's happened to all of yeah. us. And so kind of learning from those experiences and developing a skill set, I think recognizing uh, walnut tree behavior and all of us have the potential to be walnut trees at some mm. time when we want something a lot. Yeah. We might push it to happen. Yeah. And so recognizing that in others, but also in ourselves yeah. is super important. That gets at this point I wanted to make, which I think is the interesting value of modeling here in the sense that maybe if I am good at empowered refusal, others around me will be able to do it for themselves too, right? So we can teach each other this, this pattern so that Yes, there might be a case where I really want someone to do something. I'm becoming a walnut tree, but uh -huh. maybe maybe they've been learning the same skill I am and I can trust that they will take responsibility for their own time and be able to say no and we can trust each other more if we're all learning this skill together. Yes, absolutely. I think I, I mean, I, I end the book on that note mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we need to, if we want people to listen to our no's and respect them, we need to be able to respect the no's of others. Mm -hmm. And if we all live in organizations where, you know, we are able to say no to the things that don't matter and focus our energies on the things that do matter, we are able to create better environments for all. Well, thank you, Vanessa. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for coming on the next Big Idea Daily and good luck with the book. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed being here. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to go out and get yourself a copy of The Power of Saying No so that you too can focus your energy on things that matter and help make the world a better place. 
Oh, and sign up for my newsletter using the link in the episode notes. I'll send you a once a week wrap up of the week's episodes so you'll have easy access to the best ideas in nonfiction right in your inbox. I wrote and produced this week's episodes and Caleb Bissinger edited them. We're proud to be part of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you Monday.